Hi everyone, welcome back to Chat Shit Get Fit and welcome back to Is It Bad For You? This is a series where we explore numerous things in the health and fitness industry, looking at the science and diving into our own thoughts to come to a pretty solid conclusion to if something is indeed bad for you. This week we tackle the world of cooking oils and answer some big questions such as is coconut oil even good for you and if canola oil is really the big baddie that the media sometimes portrays. This week, we come absolutely stacked with scientific literature, and we are not alone. We are joined by Jay Rosario, or Science by Jay, as he's known on Instagram. And if you're a long-term listener of the show, then his voice will be a familiar one. We've had him on in the past, including an episode all about the Mediterranean diet, which actually links quite closely to today's episode. So sit back and get ready for us to dissect the world of oil, including saturated fat, monounsaturated fat, polyunsaturated fat, omega-3 and omega-6. So by the end, you'll be able to make a more informed choice about which oil you decide to deep fry your Mars bar in. If that last sentence made absolutely no sense, please just Google deep fried Mars bar. You'll be both amazed and horrified. Anyway, let's get into this week's episode. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening. How are we all doing? Sensational. I'm always we are back. Sensational, yeah. <laughs> I'm sensational. I'm I'm tip top. Oh, a, th- a third voice you hear again. I feel like we've had we've had people on every for the last few weeks. Now we've had guests on, but this time this is not actually a conventional guest. We've um we've pulled out the big guns for this episode of Is It Bad for You? And we've brought back Jay. Now, if you're a long term listener, you know he's been with us before. I think he's been with us a couple of times. Uh, more recently was the Mediterranean diet episode, uh, and that one actually looks quite close to this one. So after this one, I'd recommend going listen to that, and there'll be like a nice little tie in. You know, maybe yeah. then listen to the other one. Then you got like a trilogy, a trilogy of Jay. <laughs> there we go. We're in exactly. Um, I mean, there's there's obvious reasons as to why we brought Jay on this week. Um, I mean, I don't think many people are aware of this, but a lot of things are changing, especially once the chat shit get fit podcast. Uh, I mean, me, myself, my my political beliefs have changed dramatically in the past week. Um, so I've, confused this going. I have become extremely far right. What? And uh, because <laughs> what? I've become extremely far right, I have to I have to abide by certain belief systems. Uh, so you know, I I listen to Jordan Peterson. Um, I watch Drive over and over again because uh, Ryan Gosling is literally me. I listen to a lot of eighties synth wave. I've become a carnivore, and of course, <laughs> um, I was looking online to say like, what should I be saying to make people think that I'm far right. And one of those other things is. I should be avoiding seed oils. Yeah, that's a big one. So I hope I'm doing it right. Um, so yeah, stick that in your pipe and smoke it. You, 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 you beta cucks. God, I did not see it coming. That what an introduction there. Wow. I, I mean, that wasn't even I, that wasn't even written down. I had no idea where that came from. That was carnage. Well, uh, Jay, welcome back. I'm sure it's not changed from the last time you're on. Still chaotic as ever. The reason we have got Jay on is because we are going to be t- we're going to be pulling science out of our ass this week. To be honest, there's going to be there's going to be papers going all over the place. If you start to lose track of the uh, the data we're talking about, there will be a list of citations down in the show notes of the podcast. So go check that out. Um, but we base are citations. About I hope base, base cit- red pill oh, citations. God, minutes in before he calls it carnage. Anyway, it is guys. true though. It's like I, I'm sorry to jump the gun here, but in regards to seed oils, what is it that attracts like these far right nutcases to seed oils in particular? Oh, I, don't, I, don't I, know. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I feel like we'd have to. Maybe, who would be asked? For, I don't even know who we'd ask for that. Who we'd ask to get a? Yeah, not Ryan Gosling because he's still ignoring my messages, even though he's literally me. So sorry. He is you. So sorry about mm-hmm. that. Before we proceed, though, Jack, I've got to say a big loving the t-shirt, mate. Oh, thank you, Rick and Morty. You're ready. Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty. You ready? Yeah, it's awesome. 
uh, science over everything. Oh my god, look at that! Yeah, exactly. There you go. He's come dressed, mm-hmm. dressed for action. This is a man ready to battle seed oils. <laughs> I was going to pull out the suit and tie, but I didn't have um, enough time to pull that out. So that's come with the next best thing. Happy days. Okay, guys, we'll, uh, we'll jump into the bulk episode then. So we're, t- we're talking about cooking oils, if uh, the title hasn't given it away. Um, as Tom's already alluded to, seed oils are going to be part of today's episode. Uh, but they do normally come in a different an array of types out. If you go into your supermarket, your grocery store, we've got things like extra virgin olive oil, light olive oil, coconut oil, canola and other vegetable oils. So that's a scary seed oils that Tom was mentioning. Uh, we've got avocado oil, peanut oil. I could go on. There's a lot of different oils basically out there for you to choose from. Um, so that's what makes it a bit of a, bit of a minefield. Um, and they do get some of them get a bit, a bit of a bad rap. I mean, the only way that well, overall, basically, regardless of types, so if we forget, you know, the type of oil here, the one thing they all do have in common is that they are very calorie dense, right? They are essentially all yeah. fat. So the only way you can kind of pinpoint it to this whole thing, if we look at it from a weight management point of view, for example, overconsumption of oils could potentially lead to weight gain, obesity and stuff like that. Of course, so as Tom always says, well, I think I say sometimes now, poisons and dose, right? So we'll put this argument to bed. People will say oil will make you fat. Well, it, it can do maybe, but then it... And anything can. Anything can make you right fat. Amount, it comes, you know. comes down to overconsumption, doesn't it? The poison. I mean, if you're sitting there and you're, I don't know, you're deep frying absolutely everything. So I'm looking at, you know, Scotland. Or if you're maybe, uh, <laughs> if you're <laughs> drizzling your salads in outrageous amounts of olive oil, potentially, yes, you could, you know, tip tip the scales a little bit. But that, as Tom said, that could be of absolutely anything. So people who are saying, oh, you shouldn't have oil because it's fattening, just because it's mainly fat. Yeah, great. I mean, if you have too much of anything, it can make you fat, essentially. So... You know, and I, I just want to add on to that. Like, it's it, it's really perplexing where you see this argument coming from. A lot of times, a low carb space, the ancestral health space, and uh, very similar mm-hmm. arguments were made not so long ago about sugar, uh, especially refined sugar. And you know, people are just demonizing one particular food ingredient, um, but they're losing picture of the overall like diet. It's not it's not one food ingredient that's going to make or break your health. It's the overall pattern of what you eat. And uh, a lot of times that gets lost in the conversation, you know, when it comes to seed oils, when it comes to sugar, when it comes to, you know, insert here, whatever. Yeah, for sure. So it's not just this one magic ingredient that is bad, but it's a combination of Mm -hmm. things really. Right. And whether they're actually eating in excess or not as well. Exactly. What we are going to do guys, are we all going to break it down? So as, um, Jay, you sort of alluded to there, there's obviously all these different foods and within the oil fat sort of world as well, there's different types of fat. Now, before we get into that though, guys, I'm going to jump the gun. We are going to go through some listener uh, polls. Okay, now these are always good fun, Jay. We ask our listeners a few questions. We, we do, do get polls now, Jay. We do, we do polls. polls. Yeah, we, we take it next level now, mate. This is, yeah, since last week, we've got, we got polls now, so. We're a democracy now. <laughs> this first question, I'll be honest with you, they, they've answered this how they wanted us. To, they, I feel like now, we get to the point now, Jay, where we ask a question and sometimes I feel like they answer it because they know what we want to know, what we want to hear. Yeah. They're always like, mm, what would they what would they? We've finally got our own echo chamber. Yes. Yeah, we've, we've built an echo chamber. <laughs> oh God, we've built what we, what we hate. Anyway, first question, guys. I asked, do you think seed oils are bad? What do you think? Have a guess. What do you, what do you think the percentage was? I'm going to say no because we've got an echo chamber going on. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. People said no. Hundred percent. But it's a no. good echo chamber. It's good the good right echo chamber. Yeah. Every yeah. other echo chamber is wrong except for us yeah. three. Right. <laughs> and then I asked why. So I wanted, to, I wanted why. I wanted to. I want people to add some context to why they chose what they did. I got a few responses back from that actually. So uh, the first one comes from Joel. No, sorry, it's uh, Ashley. Uh, in the past, Joel Seaman. T- <laughs> what? what? <laughs> is that what he's about to say? <laughs> Where the fuck did that come from? Don't worry, don't worry. In, in the past, I'm laughing now. In the past, I've been told to avoid certain oils, but feel like this is just marketing and trends. Uh, Jess has put everything in moderation. 
Fern has put because it's pretty much nearly in everything. So that's why she thinks Seedor is okay, which is a valid point, I suppose. And then uh, Sam's put, uh, Sam from Combat Ready PT, it's just sunflower seed sweat, right? So he's ba- <laughs> so basically, <laughs> that's what you think, Seedor. <laughs> Sweating sunflowers. <laughs> okay. okay. We'll go on to the next one, guys. I then, this, this one's a bit more uh, devi- uh, divisive. So I asked, do you think coconut oil is good for you? Okay, so if you're not aware, coconut oil is one that normally has these. It has quite a bit of a following in terms of being health boosting. And this one, what do you think? Have a guess, guys. What do you think percentage was this? Probably oh, that's... 25 to 75. Like 25 said, yes, it's you know beneficial, and 75 probably said no, and probably not really. Tom, I want to go for 50 50. I don't. Tom, you were closer. It was actually 64 percent of you said yes. Oh, 36 said no. So it's... Yeah. a lot of people think coconut, but then. This is it because I, I blatantly make the questions quite vague. Like they're very black and white answers. Well, we know everything in health fitness is not very, it's not black and white, is it? Let's be honest, most stuff isn't. But I do it purposely just to so get a response. But yeah. I went for um, a coconut oil phase many years ago. <laughs> we got some response. I asked why again, guys. This is obviously I've got So this one comes from uh, Joel again. Um, <laughs> so, something to do with the fact that it is solid at room temperature. Shrug emoji. So they obviously don't like the fact that it's solid at room temperature. Interesting. Dale's put, was led to believe that, like olive oil, that it's healthier than vegetable oil. Okay, interesting. Uh, this one's a cracker. I sent you this one, didn't I, Tom? Fern always brings a bit of light to the podcast. She put, you could put it on your hair. <laughs> so that's why she yeah, thinks it's true. <laughs> it Brilliant. is true. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. She's not wrong. <laughs> She's not uh, wrong. <laughs> oh, okay. And then, uh, yeah, so Sam, he put no, but he said it's a saturated fat, so not good. And then he put apparently in brackets. Interesting. He's, he's partially right there. Partially right on what he's saying there. Um, and then I asked the final one. What do you think of cooking oils in general? So we're going, you know, we're going rogue now. Whatever they think, let's go for it. So try not to overpour, but generally love use uh, love using cooking oil as they add flavour to meals. So olive and sesame oil are their two go-tos, which is fair enough. I think that's quite a common usage there. People like to use oils to add flavour, especially to salads and stuff. Uh, Kathy's put, was actually thinking of this yesterday. We'd just like to know if there is a preferred oil to cook with. I stick with olive, but I've seen some nice looking flavoured rapeseed oils in a local deli. Mm-hmm. Car oil. What did you say? Car oil? <laughs> yeah. Oh, rapeseed oil, yeah. I've, I've, I've seen that argument. When I was looking it up earlier, someone said, they used to use it in cars. What does that tell you? For fuck's sake, here we go. <laughs> here that, we fucking... uh, really? Yeah, uh, I saw that. Yeah. Is that is that a real thing or is that like a citation desperately Mate, needed moment? It, it was in the comment section of Alan Flanagan put a post. Wait, hang on, no. People kicking off. You might have seen yeah, it. Yeah, there was a video that went viral uh, a couple of years ago of someone running their car, the engine oil. on the vegetable oil. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not recommended, but they did no. do it. <laughs> someone else put, Jess has put, heard rapeseed oil is best due to least amount of unsaturated fats. Due to least amount of unsaturated fat. I think she meant saturated fat. Um, and then, not a, th- not a question, but are the one cow oil sprays any better than regular oils? I think we'll quickly nip that one in the bud, actually. Uh, well, in terms of calories, yes, they're less calories, aren't they? Um, mm. But then again, they're less in terms of the fat, obviously, the fat. We're going to go into the certain fats which you might want more of to improve certain health markers. And these sprays have obviously got significantly less fat in because they're only one I cow mean, sprays. One thing I will say is that they're absolutely shit for cooking pancakes on. <laughs> yeah, they don't do anything. Do yeah. <laughs> I, want, I wanted people at home to um, think of, of this topic in terms of long-term cardiometabolic health rather than um, sports performance or um, you know the short yeah, um, weight yeah like weight management stuff like that like this is more so like the argument more so pertains to um, cardiometabolic health so where we're talking about heart attacks yeah sure um, 
that type of deal. So when we talk a lot about ease, yeah. it's going to pretty much focus on that. Yeah, sure. Because I mean, that, that's pretty self-explanatory there. If, you're, if we're saying, oh, the cow spray is better in terms of weight management, for sure, you could say it could help because it is literally one calorie of right. spray. Mm. They're not bad. I wouldn't say they're bad for you though, because some people look at the back of the ingredients and go, oh, it's, yeah. got, it's got alcohol in it. It's got a xanthan gum. or It's like, no, they're just there. It's, you know, it's not going mm. to destroy it. I mean, you're having such a minute amount anyway, unless you're, I mean, unless you're drinking bottles of it. I but, mean, God. I don't think the sprays are inherently healthier. It's just that it can aid you more in like your portion control yeah. with it because it's a single, sure. you know, a single spray at a time. Yeah. And one thing with like oils, etc., is that they, they, <laughs> when it comes to portion control, a lot of people just disres- disregard yeah. oils when they like calorie well, counting, etc. I said to you before the guy Sammy said uh, they call he calls them assassin calories. I actually really like that term because it is true. Like, there's a lot of people that don't even realise like how many calories are in like a t- tablespoon or a teaspoon of uh, oil, and um, there's nothing you know inherently wrong with it. Spoiler alert! But uh, yeah, like it's it it, it could be a sneaky way of adding calories, and especially if like you're eating out and things are absolutely swamped in oil. There's this whole thing at the moment, Jay. I uh, don't know if you've seen where in the UK by law now calories have to be displayed on menus in restaurants. Mm. My issue with that isn't even from like a moral standpoint. It's just from the the view that well, it's very hard for them to be accurate with those calories because if mm. anyone's ever worked in the in- restaurant industry, oil everywhere. Oil is just <laughs> being thrown <laughs> yeah. in. It's not yeah. being portioned out. Right. No. Yeah. I've somehow wormed that into the episode. Yeah. <laughs> just to get that there. No, that's really that's really true. And also, when you're doing like a home cooked meal, are you really proportioning things out? Um, let's say like for instance if you're going to like an Italian restaurant are they really portioning out how much sauce they're putting in my, my food are they really doing like they're using like little teaspoon cups and really like measuring it uh, no not really you're making how much for the amount like, of time yeah, yeah for sure for sure when you're at uh, the stove you're just throwing it in as it goes you know just <laughs> chucking in by hand literally as Fern's put here guys a little bit goes a long way just don't overuse it there you go knowledge, knowledge from Fern this week there you go we're in uh, cheers man so, <laughs> yeah i'm about to get my pizza right now so <laughs> this guy, this guy from, i'm gonna take you guys with me but just finish from the oven oh he's actually oh wow oh, we're, actually we're actually getting a live trip here we go we're going on a trip um, this is gonna be really embarrassing if you've burnt it jay oh no no i didn't say that I didn't could I, could I use, use the camera i don't think I flip the camera on, but, yeah no i didn't it's actually pretty good it's, it's like we're not we're not we're not live anyway, so you know, like no, it, we could always edit in like a a, a well cooked pizza, yeah, and not a nice burnt picture. one. Yeah, yeah. You could, yeah. yeah. Just put it in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm loving this. I love a little uh, tangent mid podcast. Get in there, just get a bit of pizza. Bit of yeah, pizza just work. gotta get my pizza real quick. I do. J- Jay, what you need to do now, mate, is just cover it absolutely. Cover it in seed oil. Just dri- just drizzle the yeah. hell out of your pizza in seed oil. It, it might have olives on it. It might have olives on it. Oh, make sure to use canola oil because that's supposedly the worst one according to you know the carnivore. We'll come on to that, mate. <laughs> Do you know what? Without giving spoilers away, when I first got into fitness, that was one of the things that I I inherently be- believe was bad for you, and you must avoid at all costs: trans fats and canola oil, sp- specifically canola oil. Yeah. Um, and I never really bothered to kind of look into actual any research or evidence at the time because I didn't know how to. Yeah, but yeah, hopefully uh, today's episode will shed some light on that. So yeah, Sam put love low calorie spray oils. I don't know how people live without them. Fair enough. Got uh, someone. Someone's had a bit of a dig at the RF, RAF here. They put for cook for cooking or for the RAF Reg Mortar Flight Initiation Ceremonies. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> uh, and yeah, as I said already, Sam said assassin calories. Their responses. Some some interesting responses. That's for sure. The one that's really interested me though is the coconut oil one. Right. We are going to come on to that, but more people saying yes for coconut oil is interesting. 
what we're going to do now, guys, we're going to go into the ratios I mentioned about the different types of fat because, yeah, they've all, they all contain fat, these oils, but they are broken down into different uh, types of fat. So I've got some examples here. I've got a nice little table on my notes here. So we've got extra virgin olive oil. Now, all of these guys, 120 calories per tablespoon, roughly. Obviously, they're about, it depends on how you measure your tablespoon. So mm. all of these, 120 calories a tablespoon. Extra virgin olive oil, 14 grams of fat. Two grams of this is saturated. 10 grams is monosaturated. 1.5 is polyunsaturated. We then go to organic, vir- I don't know what, it doesn't matter if it's organic or not really, virgin coconut oil, 14 grams of fat, but 13 grams of this is saturated fat. And then one gram is monounsaturated and then the zero grams of polyunsaturated. We then go to canola oil, so the big baddie, as we keep as we keep saying. That's got 14 grams of fat again, uh, one gram saturated, eight grams monounsaturated, and then four grams polyunsaturated. And then we go to 100% pure vegetable oil. That is 14 grams of fat again, two grams saturated, three grams monounsaturated, eight grams polyunsaturated. So key things to take away from that really are there's extra virgin olive oil is the highest in monounsaturated fat. Virgin coconut oil contains the highest levels of saturated fat. And then pure vegetable oil has the most polyunsaturated fat. So it can be a bit confusing there. All these numbers, you're probably thinking, yeah. fat means all these different types of fat, all these different numbers. Apart from taste and crispiness, like what is the difference? Um, I think we should probably start with the one that comes out, stands out the most, I already said was coconut oil. Okay, so it's pretty much all saturated fat. And a question that we, we've answered a few times in the podcast actually, is too much saturated fat bad for us? Well, on paper, the straight away, Jay, I'm sure you've seen the evidence for this, is that too much saturated fat normally leads to increased LDL cholesterol levels. Yes. Which mm-hmm. you aren't aware, it's normally, it's normally referred to as bad cholesterol. Okay, um, we've got, Pretty consistent evidence now, I'd say from what I've seen anyway, that LDL causes cardiovascular disease mm. by too much. Yeah. Um, I, I guess like uh, what, what we're going to allude to when we talk about coconut oil is the fact that even within the different designations of fat, as far as saturated fat, there's still different types of saturated fat, which is weird to think about. Mm. And there's different uh, structures yeah. that um, sort of uh, synergistically impact the impact of the fat. So, for instance, when we look at dairy or we look at um, cheese, a lot of times we find null results for, um, let's say, you know, cardiovascular disease. And it's because of how that interacts with the saturated fat, the processing of that fat. Uh, but if you look at something like butter, you know, the, the, the evidence is clear. More butter you have, um, kind of the higher the risk of, of, of cardiovascular disease. So it's... It's about looking at these different nuances. Like for coconut oil, for instance, you mentioned that there's different structure of saturated fat for that, and you're completely right. So that will impact your risk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. It was um, so with coconut oil because you'll get people who are like big coconut and they're like you know massive supporters of it. Basically, there's a uh, basically it's lauric acid or lauric acid, how you want to pronounce it. And apparently, this is supposed to be good for you. This is fine. Um, but when I looked into it, basically, there's a lack of human research which looks specifically at just coconut oil um, and that's what makes it difficult for basically the only evidence I've seen like the consistent evidence is basically saying that coconut oil will once again increase those LDL cholesterol levels which we is not ideal when we look at things like um, CBD so I don't know my my thought of that is coconut oil yet yeah, have it in moderation again I don't want to say it's bad for you like you, you can have it most people like the taste of it obviously coconut's quite flavoursome you could say um, mm. but I wouldn't I'd be wary of over consuming it because of what you see online that's saying it's good for you because it's a different type of saturated fat it's still from what I can see on paper at the moment it's still going to impact those LDL levels uh, in a similar way yeah. yeah I would struggle to find any particular food that I would say is inherently bad for you you know in the context of like well we're not really like measuring like a dose here like in regards to oh 
Yeah, it's the poison that makes a dose at the end of the day. I mean, too much of anything could be bad for you. I'm not saying that coconut oil is great for you. I'm not saying it's bad for you. It's just, it's just an option. I wouldn't say it's a, a super. I wouldn't call it a superfood. Some people might want to put it into that bracket. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, there was a there was actually a paper that you guys. Um, it was called the dietary lipids and blood cholesterol. So it was a meta analysis of metabolic ward studies from I think the 1950s, 60s, and probably some of the 70s. And um, it's consistently shown that saturated fat in particular does impact blood uh, LDL and cholesterol levels compared to the other forms of fat. So, you know, I'm not trying to demonize saturated fat because obviously that would make a a part of some people's diets. But we have to pay attention to the clear connection here. Um, We're we're raising a risk marker for disease uh, when we consume too much of this thing. Mm. Yeah, too much being the key word there. <laughs> kind of, as we'll go on to, there's other types of fat you probably want more of. But when we're, so what I'm basically saying is do not have the only oil you ever use being coconut oil, really, because then you are going to increase your saturated fat by quite a lot. Okay, but if you want a little bit, go for it. I know it's quite used, it's used quite a lot in curries, isn't it? Especially if the bulk of your food is yeah. cooked in it. So can we kind of allude to, don't we, saturated versus unsaturated? And we're talking about like polyunsaturated, monounsaturated. Um, so we're now we're going to go into some savage science. Uh, it's going to be, it's going to be carnage now. Um, so seed oils and vegetable oils. These are the ones that get attacked mainly by the carnival crowd, I'd say. That sort of that sort of area, maybe. From what I've seen, I'd say that's very a very fair thing to say. Yeah. yeah. Or the far right, as you said at the start there, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> they don't like those types of oils. <laughs> I don't know why, it's just so absurd. It's almost like a prerequisite now <laughs> to be far right. You must avoid sneed oils. <laughs> um but these oils if you're not aware guys they are processed and highly refined so scary right super scary and they're high in unsaturated fat and normally omega-6 okay which we are going to touch on as well because that's also a big scary thing to these oils apparently um the normally the way they get normally the sort of narrative they go down is you're going to be you know inflamed for the rest of your life uh, and you know you're going to be miserable <laughs> essentially what happens by eating all of these oils right okay we're gonna look at some papers now uh jay you've come in guns blazing here mate uh, and yeah, yeah. You, 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 you sent us some, some powerful stuff so uh, we'll see how far we get into it before Tom derails it I, I reckon we'll get about two papers in and then we'll be on Birds Aren't Real no no <laughs> I just want to quickly say one thing that is awesome about that uh, citation dump you gave us is that they're they're not like just single studies they're like mate analysis etc these are like big old fucking artillery pieces so yeah much appreciated for that we'll do guys we'll go through them we'll go through them one by one in the order you sent over jay um and we'll just talk we'll talk about them so we'll give people about an idea so the first one was dietary lipids and blood cholesterol quantity of major analysis of metabolic ward studies so that one had to do with um again the ones that i mentioned with um so during the time of ansel keys you know people like to demonize ansel keys as well because he was one of the first researchers to really look at the connection between cholesterol and fat, particularly saturated fat. Um, and a lot of, there was a lot of work during that time in nutritional science, particularly metabolic ward studies. And if people aren't uh, aware, you should be aware of what a metabolic ward study is. It's one of the most highly, strongest study designs that we have in nutritional science. So um, essentially what we do is we put someone, uh, we, we, well, let's look at some of the methods. So pretty much we put someone in a chamber, um, we uh, take samples of their blood, we sort of test, you know, how their lipid levels change over time. Uh, We measure this really closely. It's some of the strongest stuff that we have and consistently shown that those who consume more saturated fat just have higher levels of blood cholesterol LDL compared to polyunsaturated and monounsaturated fats. 
consistently shown that. Boom, that's paper one done. So guys, we're not, we're not finished though. I hope you're sitting. I hope you're comfortable because we're we are gonna we're gonna put a nail in this coffin. By the end of this episode, guys, you will you you will know what you need to know. Okay, uh, next one, guys. So saturated fats compared to unsaturated fats and source of carbohydrates in relation to risk of coronary heart disease. A prospective cohort study. Yeah. So um, in this particular case, we have um, again like an, another prospective cohort study. I know some people are like, oh, cohort studies, but those are some of the best ones that we have when it comes to long term um, risk and outcomes in nutritional science. So with this one in particular, we're looking at um, whether unsaturated fat, uh, polyunsaturated fat, or carbohydrates uh, could reduce cardio um, coronary heart disease risk. Mm. And what we found is when we could replace saturated fat with unsaturated fats, like especially polyunsaturated fat, or you know monounsaturated fat, or even high quality carbohydrates, we're reducing risk for uh, coronary heart disease by quite a bit. Uh, polyunsaturated fats reduces this risk the most out of all, like out of all, like the the, the potential replacements. I think you know, I was here was was there quite a big follow up here, wasn't there? As well, yeah, twenty four to thirty years of follow up. Yeah, follow up. I think that's pretty. Because I mean, I think you mentioned that me, Tom, didn't you? About how you liked how a lot of these papers did. It was quite a big follow ups. It wasn't just a case of yeah, oh, big follow ups. Because you get people, they'll sort of go to oh, but they're only short term. You've only got a short term yeah. study. You know, oh, let's uh, let, yeah. let's let's see what their let's see what their health markers are like in oh five uh, ten years or so. And it's like, well, no, actually, some of these uh, papers, yeah, they have massive follow ups. You know, where we see the long term effect. Yeah, for sure, big thing. And this, this really is what I'm cool saying. See, it's a really good paper. They're awesome. Oh, there you go. We're coming, we're coming to this one, Jay. This is one that takes us back to our Mediterranean days. Mediterranean alpha-linolenic acid-rich diet in secondary prevention of coronary heart disease. Yeah, so omega-6 fatty acids is often called uh, linolenic acid. So uh, individuals often argue that this, because of the name, is dangerous in of itself. But when we look at it in the yeah. context of a whole entire dietary pattern, like the Mediterranean diet, we see that um, actually that's not really the case. It seems more effective at uh, preventing secondary like uh, events of coronary heart disease and death, um, which is really impactful and really powerful. Um, so again, this is why we have to look at the whole context of the diet, not just one particular uh, aspect of it. And even when we yeah. isolate one particular aspect of it, like we did with the earlier studies, you know, we still see this benefit regardless. Yeah, for sure. I think I want to touch on that point really important you made, Joe, about that you have to. This is why I like this paper, actually, because it looks at the, the whole Mediterranean diet. Because we said before, your lifestyle and your environment has a huge impact. And someone could be like, oh, well, I, eat, I eat loads of unsaturated fat. I'm super healthy. But then they'll drink, you know, copious amounts of alcohol on the weekend. They'll smoke, you know, boxes yeah. of cigarettes a day. Uh, and it's like, well, you, you, you can't, it doesn't, it doesn't work. The scales are going to tip one way. You know, you got to look at the whole picture, not just one thing. Health is a very multifactorial, let's say. And that's putting yeah. it lightly. Yeah, exactly for sure. We're on to the next one, guys. Next paper. Here we go. Oh, we're back on omega six again. So biomarkers of dietary omega six fatty acids and incident cardiovascular disease and mortality. An individual level pooled analysis of thirty cohort studies. Yeah, with this one, we're pulling data from so many different cohort studies. I know one of them is Epic. You know, one of them, I think, uh, the nurses' health study. Uh, another one is like the professional health study. I have to look at all the individual cohort studies that they're pulling from. But essentially, what it is is we're looking at whether high levels of uh, omega-6 fatty acids, like in the blood overall, is associated with increased risk for cardiovascular disease. 
And uh, we just don't find that. We find the opposite. It seems to be protective against cardiovascular disease. Uh, this is what this study uh, is suggesting. So, you know, it's just another one, another just like huge study looking at this factor of is omega-6 really associated with, you know, this particular outcome, heart disease. And it seems that it's an inverse relationship. It seems to be protective against heart disease consistently. Yeah, and this is a huge paper, guy. I mean, we've got we've got more. We've got more. We're going to keep going because we we're going to nail. We're going to keep nailing this point in. So by the end of it, if anyone ever questions your, you know, if anyone questions anything we're saying here, guys, you, you can just throw in this episode. Uh, next one, guys. Dietary total fat, fatty acid intake, and risk of cardiovascular disease: a dose response meta analysis of cohort studies. So one of the aspects of um, looking at cause and effect and when it comes to observational research is looking at this dose response relationship. So we want to look at if a person consumes more of this particular thing, is it associated with a decreased risk or an increased risk of a particular event? So we're looking at, um, you know, omega-6 fatty acids, particularly uh, polyunsaturated fats. And those who consume more of those in a dose response manner have decreased risk of cardiovascular disease i'm sorry i had to like make sure that the end point was actually what i was thinking but yeah cardiovascular disease so again (laughs) just another study confirming what we already kind of know where if you consume more pufa you're gonna have less risk of cardiovascular disease yeah another one it's just that's just getting outrageous now isn't it oh this next one though here we go we're going into that big boy um okay this is an interesting one actually i don't think i've seen this before inflammation and infection do not promote arterial aging and cardiovascular disease risk factors among lean horticulturalists culturalists oh, good pronunciation God. there bill horticulturalists <laughs> an God, attempt okay, was made <laughs> yeah, i'll let you take it from here jay um i'm gonna take a back seat so essentially <laughs> i got this i got this paper from alan flanagan so um claim about uh omega-6 fatty acids is that it's inflammatory and this inflammation causes increased risk of cardiovascular disease. So we we look at the mediating factor, which is inflammation. So the, the major claim is inflammation leads to increased risk of cardiovascular disease. When you're looking at this study, inflammation doesn't seem to uh, increase the risk of cardiovascular disease. It's not inflammation itself. It's something else. Um, when it comes to the argument about LDL, the reason why LDL is uh, so dangerous potentially is because it gets stuck to the ar- arterial wall. And that's when it starts clumping up and making plaque. And that plaque is what leads to blockage. So it's not inflammation that's doing that. It's the LDL particles itself. So we kind of throw that argument out there. That's, it's not just inflammation. So it can be the case that omega-6 six increases inflammation this increases risk of cardiovascular disease that thing when you put it like that it just sounds so basic and simple as well doesn't it like it just you think it's like common sense almost like well that's obviously how it, how it works but then people obviously latch on to i think inflammation sounds scary doesn't it it's quite an easy word to use in it or you're going to be inflamed inflammation your heart's going to explode mm. and i think that's just an easy one to go for but when you actually look at the paper the data it doesn't it doesn't it's not that way really, to be it? fair inflammation is a buzzword for everything even exercise physiology you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah uh next one guys this is interesting actually I like this one vegetarian dietary patterns and mortality in adventist health study two so the reason why i included this one is because um the pescatarian group so the group that was consuming a lot of you know fish obviously had some of the best health outcomes you know out of all uh, sort of vegetarian groups or, or even compared to vegans which i found particularly interesting mm. because you know fish 
contains high amounts of not only omega omega three but also omega six. So when you know when you're consuming like just fish in general, it's going to be assumed that you're obviously consuming higher amounts of both omega omega three and omega six fatty acids. And we see that these individuals have some of the best health outcomes. So if it was the case that no matter what, if you consumed omega six, we should see that those who consume you know fatty fish or just fish in general uh, would have kind of worse health outcomes. But we, we really don't. It's a really good paper. I recommend guys reading that paper. It's, it's a pretty big paper, like a lot of subjects in there as well. Um, and it's interesting to look at that because this one particularly goes against that that whole carnival crowd, isn't it? The whole ancestral stuff of, you know, we must always we must all eat meat. We must all eat this. And there's nothing wrong with eating, you know, that sort of stuff. That's what you want to do. But in terms of a health outcome point of view, this is completely the opposite of what they're saying. And we're seeing, once again, what we've said about 15 times now. Yeah. Some of the best health markers out there. That's another reason why I include this paper because it kind of like throws dirt in the face of the fact that, you know, plants, eating plants is bad for you. Um, We just don't have evidence long term that eating plant-based foods is is bad for your health. We just don't. It's not there. Yeah. I've heard some really crazy theories how it's like, oh, you know, plants have uh, toxic self-defense mechanisms and yeah, yeah. to stop us from consuming it. Yeah, just really, really God, we spoke about that, didn't we? What episode We spoke about that already, haven't we? I think a little bit one of the other episodes of it is it bad for you but yeah fuck me i think a lot of it as well is because it's like plant-based stuff a lot of it's quite new a lot of these people they they love to go down that whole ancestral route of oh we've always done it since we were fucking cave oh here we go cavemen this cavemen that and it's like because something's new it can't be good it can't be right you know we we live in the obvious don't we tom we live in the obvious yeah we do we live in a society don't we <laughs> right where was that next paper then there we go okay so occurring evidence on benefits of adherence to the mediterranean diet on health an updated systematic review and major analysis so again the reason why i include this diet is because typically um polyunsaturated fat is going to be higher in this diet because you're consuming you know um you know various olive oils you're consuming you know probably some seed oils in there you're also consuming you know fatty fish so if it was the case that polyunsaturated fats no matter what were detrimental to one's health, then a diet that's kind of higher in that would be more detrimental. Um, but we just don't see that. And we see, and we don't see that a diet that's higher in plant-based foods is more detrimental to your health. It's just not there. There's just, there's just too much benefit to following a more plant-based or Mediterranean-style diet. I mean, the Mediterranean diet if you haven't, if you haven't listened to that episode, yet, go go listen to that episode in our diet series. Um, I think it's on the chatshitgetfit.com slash diets, and you'll see it there. But we hammer it home there as well. Constantly, you always see it. Even 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 as much as like the news can be a pain in the ass, they 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 even struggle to attack the Mediterranean diet. Even they have to support it because of like the, how how much it seems to improve health overall. Okay, next study, guys: dietary intake and biomarkers of lino. Li- oh, hang on, that's a different word, isn't it? <laughs> New challenge. I, I was like linolenic. I was like, oh no, linolenic acid and mortality. A systematic review and major analysis of prospective cohort studies. Good job, Bill. Well done. <laughs> so this one um, again looks at linoleic acid. That's another word for omega six fatty acids, which is the uh, fatty acid of most concern when people are talking about seed oils. And if you know linoleic acid was so dangerous. Uh, we would expect to see higher mortality and higher cardiovascular disease incidences, but we really don't. The data doesn't seem to suggest uh, that is the case. In fact, it seems to suggest that there's long-term benefits of consuming um, omega-6 fatty acids in the long term. So I just found that really fascinating. 
it's another sort of brownie point, if you will, for Amiga Six, which is normally the one which gets attacked, isn't it? So, uh, sorry for laughing there. Yeah, oh, my, mate, uh, my, my lights got was, stuck onto strobe, I was, yeah. and I was trying to switch them off, and it was going faster. Off. I was trying to laugh. Because I was trying. The, 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 the control got oh, stuck mate. and it was going fast as I was trying to turn it off. I'll try to listen, listen to what Jay was saying and all I could see is your light's getting faster and faster and faster. Oh, for fuck's sake. Oh, oh, no, I don't know what happened there. Anyway, Sorry. got to the next one. So, uh, Next study, guys. The effects of replacing dietary saturated fat with polyunsaturated or monounsaturated fat on plasma lipids in free living young adults. Yeah, so this is a randomized crossover trial. Um, the participants had a diet that was high in saturated fat and then they switched over to a diet a diet that wasn't high in saturated fat, that was actually high in um, omega-6 polyunsaturated fats. And uh, the findings were obviously pretty stark. When you replace saturated fat with um, omega-6 polyunsaturated fat, you lower cholesterol by you know 19%, low-density lipoprotein, so LDL cholesterol, by 22%. And, um, hmm. and it, it, for some reason, also lowered uh, HDL. Which I found to be particularly interesting, but for you know, for this conversation, LDL and total cholesterol is the main concern, and those were lowered quite a bit just by by replacing that. Um, so if it was the case that um, you know omega six polyunsaturated fat was dangerous, it would increase you know levels of LDL or other risk markers, and it doesn't. Yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, it when it lowered the HDL, just put that in the context, guys. I might be listening, thinking oh, it lowered HDL, that it was by a four percent. Um, from what I could see, which is significant. The idea, the main takeaway from that really is the ratio there was it was lowering a lot more yeah. of the LDL, which is the important thing. If you ba- if you were to balance that out, if you did some quick maths, overall you're in the, you're in the green. It's basically what we're saying by doing that. Right. Yeah, I like the, I like the title of this next study: Effects of Dietary Cold Pressed Turnip Rapeseed Oil and Butter on Serum Lipids. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I like turnip, that one. Yeah. On Serum Lipids, oxidized LDL and arterial elasticity in men with metabolic syndrome. Wow, what a mouthful. Turnip. That, that turnip, turnip oil hits different. Yeah, for, for those with <laughs> metabolic syndrome, um, having high LDO is obviously problematic for a number of different reasons. Um, so having an intervention which lowers those levels is important. Um, when you know these individuals uh, consume rapeseed oil, uh, it, it decreased LDO by quite a bit and also decreased oxidized LDO by quite a bit. And oxidized LDO is considered a little bit more... I guess not dangerous, but a little bit more problematic as far as um, cardiovascular health. So, I mean, finding that was uh, not really striking to me, but it just show, showcases that, you know, rapeseed oil is not this big bad wolf that everybody needs to be scared of. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, impressive about that cold press because some people, you got the whole thing of, I think you alluded to there, that when you're cooking the, using these oils, right? Like seed oils, for example. You know, if they if they burn at a certain temperature, they you know they're toxic and they're dead. But it's like you can't, yeah, yeah you can't you can't reuse the oil again and stuff. And it's like it's just it's, it's, we're looking at like very niche things here, aren't we? Like I mean, I don't if you're if you're cooking oil that hot and it's smoking that much, I mean, fuck me, what are you doing? What are you cooking there? Like, is that you don't blow in the kitchen if you're burning it? Yeah, that if you're at that point, point you don't blow in the kitchen exactly. Yeah, so it's kind of like, mm, but yeah, rapeseed oil. <laughs> it's not, fun fact about rapeseed oil actually: sometimes the supermarkets they'll try to be cheeky and they'll charge you more for something that says rapeseed oil on it. When actually, um, if you look at most vegetable oils, like the basic, whether like Tesco, Sainsbury's, or like basic, if you look on the actual ingredients of a cheap vegetable oil, it will say made from rapeseed oil. So it will be, it will already be rapeseed oil. So if you're really, maybe you're thinking, oh, I can't afford rapeseed oil, you know, but don't worry, but most vegetable oils are rapeseed oil. They just don't yeah. tell you straight on the packaging. They just... Marketing 101. 
just get the cheap oil. Get the cheap vegetable oil from the supermarket, grocery store, and uh, you, you probably are having rapeseed oil without even knowing about it. Right. <laughs> so we can go to our, our final study. Um, final one. Oh, wow. Yeah. You guys got that one? Yeah, effects of a monounsaturated rapeseed oil. Also, wrong rapeseed oil again. I'll read that one again, guys. Effects of a monounsaturated rapeseed oil and a polyunsaturated sunflower oil diet on lipoprotein levels in humans. This is a big boy, isn't it? Wow. Yeah, this one's pretty good. Um, so, essentially, we, we talked about rapeseed oil earlier. It's higher in monounsaturated fats rather than polyunsaturated fats. And, you know, monounsaturated fats don't typically have uh, such of a big impact on um, uh, blood lipid levels compared to polyunsaturated and saturated fat. Um, so it's interesting, how do we compare something that's a monounsaturated fat versus more polyunsaturated fat oil? And we found, pretty much they found that um, when individuals were consuming uh, sunflower oil, that their VLDO and LDL levels went down considerably compared to consuming rapeseed oil. So it's just more evidence that um, polyunsaturated fat isn't bad for those blood biomarkers and um, it's probably more favorable for, you know, blood lipid levels. Put that into concepts there, guys. If we looked at, for example, canola oil that had eight grams of monounsaturated and four grams of polyunsaturated, whereas vegetable oil, which is like your basic stuff you get from things, most of them will have eight grams of poly, three grams of mono. So it's just worth knowing if you go to the supermarket, the thing, the thing to take away there really is that a lot of oils are very different. There's a lot of different oils you can buy from a supermarket uh, grocery store. So just have a look on the back. Um, and if you want to maybe increase your, your polyunsaturated levels, just have a read. It'll tell you what, how much is in there. Um, and just look at those ratios. Okay, It'd be pretty, It should be pretty obvious at that point. I mean, if you know you're having a diet that's quite high in saturated fat, it's probably worth trying to kind of swap yeah. some of that, that out for, I'm going to pronounce it as puffers, yeah. you know, polyunsaturated no, fats, basically, yeah. seed oils, etc. Um, puffers. Yeah, that sounded dangerously close to something oh, yeah. else. Well, they'll yeah. get cancelled, get cancelled, mate. Jesus. <laughs> I know. Well, as I say, I'm, I'm right wing now, so I can you're get right wing now, with mate. It. Yeah, you fit, yeah. fit me your character, doesn't it? Until I have to seed oils, yeah. Uh, so that was the Arsenal that uh, Jay sent over. Um, I want to mention a little quick, we've got a couple of little bonus papers here that I found. Uh, this one's uh, it's quite interesting. So as quoted by Alan Flanagan, uh, he called it saturated fat equals human foie gras, which uh, if you're not aware, it's something to do with the liver, okay? So over overconsumption. So what they did is actually looked at overfeeding, um, basically overfeeding fat, essentially, polyunsaturated and saturated fat. Um, and when they basically what we found is when we got these three papers I'll link these down in the show notes guys won't go into them in too depth because we just did loads there but what you found if you look at them on a chart was that in all cases overfeeding saturated over polyunsaturated led to uh, more detriment on the liver basically obviously this and this was the overconsumption of both the cases of people overfeeding on polyunsaturated and saturated and every single time saturated was causing more issues for the liver and that was quite interesting to see actually which is why it was called human foie gras <laughs> Because you're forced to deliver and you cause a damage case. He does have a, a way with words, does Alan? Loves it, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's interesting. So I'll have those listed down in the uh, the show notes. Uh, and it was it, every time came up there. Um, we've also got more here. So I want to touch us about canola oil specifically because this is the one which we've alluded to a few times. It gets a lot of brunt. Canola oil is the big baddie. And this is quite a good one. So there was a 2020 CIS review at Mace Analysis with dose response analysis of controlled clinical trials from Amiri M. et al. So very recent. Yeah, very recent. And this found that canola oil significantly reduced bad cholesterol. Uh, and that it was even, it was actually, this actually showed that it was even superior to olive oil and sunflower oil at reducing several blood lipid markers, which is quite interesting to see. Yeah. 
that was a surprise to me. Really. And the highest benefit was when canola oil was dosed at roughly 15% of total calories if you want to be super accurate. So obviously we're not saying that olive oil and sunflower oil were shit and you should throw them out. Of course not, they are good things. All we're saying is canola oil is actually pretty good and it doesn't really justify the bad rap it gets uh, when on paper it could even be better than some of us uh, certain blood lipid markers. Yeah. So yeah, don't, don't fear it. And that was quite a recent paper as well. Yeah, no, it's a good paper. I, I've read that paper yeah. before previously. Um, yeah. yeah, when it comes to, you know, this this fear of um you know polyunsaturated fat just increasing risk of uh you know cardiovascular disease the the evidence the totality of the evidence just dismisses that entirely in my opinion um we just have so much evidence to the contrary um every everything else that people kind of throw up is uh biomechan like biomechanistic speculation that's what i like to call it they just, throw, yeah. they just throw like these mechanisms and it's like, well, we don't see that in the human, actual human literature. We don't see that risk increasing. Yeah. We would see it if it was actually there and it's not. People have like high hypotheses, but it's like, well, okay, you might have a hypothesis, but we actually have human data here, you know, where it consistently shows that, you know, polyunsaturated fats, seed oils, etc., you know, <laughs> actually reduce uh, risks for, you know, cardiometabolic diseases, at least like in the context of it gets swapped out for saturated fat. Sorry, vice versa, where saturated fat gets swapped out for, you know, um, polyunsaturated fats. Sure. Don't worry, I won't keep you long, but what a perfect opportunity as you're balls deep into this episode to tell you about our brand new Patreon, where you can get even more great content from us and support the running of the podcast at the same time. So if you head over to patreon.com slash podcast, or you can see the link down in the show notes, you'll see we currently offer three tiers. The first tier, starting at the price of a cup of coffee, but what you get with that is access to monthly Q&As, access to live podcasts, access to our Patreon feed with behind the scenes access and you also get to join our private discord server wow we right so hopefully we'll see you over at patreon.com slash csgf podcast very soon right then let's get back into this week's episode guys i want to move on to something about omega-3 and 6 so we spoke about it a little while now about how a lot of these fats are high in omega-6 now there's something you've probably heard of um, and that is a ratio there's this common thing about an omega-6 to an omega-3 ratio yeah. right now i want to hear your thoughts on this jay because i found a paper uh, and i've seen a few other people actually talk about this um, and it suggested that we the use of this ratio system um, is pretty much meaningless if we were to compare it to just getting enough omega-3 into the diet yeah. Um, so essentially, we need to look at the we need to look at the deficiency of EPA and DHA in the diet as opposed to messing around with some little ratio. Right, and I mean, like it's it colloquially like um, when you get omega threes, a lot of times uh, in food, it also comes with omega six. So if you're consuming a lot of you know omega three, it's going to be you're probably going to consume a lot of omega six with that. Um, they, they're sort of like not like a package deal, but they often come together in food products. So, I mean, like the ratio, stressing over the ratio is really like focusing on the trees compared to the forest. You know, the ratio doesn't really matter as long as you're getting adequate levels of omega-3 fatty acids. Um, and as we could tell from the literature, having high amounts of omega-6 seems to be protective against a lot of chronic health problems, especially associated with cardiovascular disease. Um, so... Why would you really focus on the ratio to begin with? Um, you should just be focusing on getting enough essential you know, fatty acids in your diet and consuming high-quality foods, which you would get from a Mediterranean-style diet anyway. 
I mean, out of all the things we're trying to kind of control in regards to our health in life, is it even realistic realistic to sustainably control like no. a ratio? It's it's not. You know? It's foolish. <laughs> it's, you know, yeah. it's it's really focusing on the minutia of your diet that doesn't really make that much sense. It just it doesn't make sense like that to do that. And it's just something we're supposed to, you know, control every single day we wake up. One argument I've seen for, so playing like devil's advocate here for a second, the one argument I've seen is if perhaps someone's on more of a predominantly plant-based diet, right, and their mm-hmm. omega-6 and 3 is coming from that. So you've got to see DHA um, and EPA, which is from normally an animal-based thing, okay? And if you go to like plant-based, it's ALA, isn't it? Um, and the, what they come up with, their little sort of counter for this is that there's like the way it gets broken down in the body, it's like the enzyme system of it. So if you get it from DHA and EPA, EPA, the enzymes aren't fighting over each other to get that to, to absorb it. Whereas you do it from a plant-based system and you have it with the, a, uh, the ALA, it has to, they're fighting over the same enzyme essentially. And that's why you have to watch the ratio. That's something I've seen. Bear in mind, this is from someone who was in the carnival crowd. I just want to put this out there. Um, <laughs> I'm just playing this. I'm playing devil's advocate here. So so my, my, question, my question to them would be, um, does does like this fighting over the enzyme actually lead to any sort of meaningful health outcomes? So this hypothetical fighting over the enzyme, like if I consume, let's say, you know, this amount of omega three and this amount of omega six, would that actually lead to some sort of detrimental health outcome? Would like the the, the omega six just somehow take over my body and you know just not let the omega three to do what it has to do, or is this like I said, biomechanical speculation. Is this like, does it really physiologically play out? And I haven't seen any evidence that suggest that consuming, you know, high levels of omega 6 is really detrimental to one's health, let alone in context of consuming that more than omega 3. I, I just, it, it's just not there, you know, so I don't know kind of what you kind of hit what i thought you were going to say is that people will say these big fancy things like enzymes and fighting over it like they'll do these big buzzwords and people are like yeah that makes sense that yeah that sounds quite and this person will have a they'll have a type there'll be a doctor probably it's normally they're normally a doctor these people and they'll be like yeah there's these enzymes in the body or an engineer they're fighting over it and then next thing you know everyone's like yeah that sounds legit then it spreads like wildfire next thing you know everyone's scared to have too much omega-6 to omega-3 right and i think you have to um just like even when i exercise science with you guys you know, you, you have to look at the context, you know, is this, is this biomechanical yeah. thing that's going on will actually lead to something? That's the major question. Not, oh, is there a potential? No. Will it actually lead to something? And many times you find that it doesn't lead to something or it doesn't lead to what people think it leads to because the body's pretty fucking complicated. There's a lot of different enzymes. There's a lot of different hormones. There's a lot of different working parts that works synergistically to make sure that you're alive. So it's not just one thing that's doing this action and that's it. It's a lot that goes into it. So guys, we just bombarded you there with the world's amount of reasons for why you'd want to consume more like, you know, puffers, for example, um, as opposed to saturated. But there are, we are going to, of course, we're going to tackle this from both sides. We're just going to briefly talk about this. There are actually papers out there which will say to you, um, we should be avoiding high intakes of unsaturated fat. Um, there's a few we could name, obviously, you know, the classic Sydney rat study and all that, you know, all that, 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 that side of the world. What, what would we say to those, that, you know, those sort of papers? What, what should be red flags for these papers? Because there are some out there. If you were to go on Google now, you would find papers which show that saturated fat's okay for you. It's good for you. So I think um, Alan Flanagan laid it well out 
Uh, he has this article titled um, "Of Rats in Sydney Heart uh, Sydney Diet Heart: Drawing a Line Under um, Polyunsaturated Pseudoscience." It's a really, really good article, and it breaks down essentially the problems with the Sydney uh, Diet Heart Study and um, some of those older studies, older related studies. So in the past, uh, when it came to um, polyunsaturated foods, polyunsaturated fat-containing foods, they didn't understand the detriment of trans fats yet. So oftentimes those foods had contained trans fats in them. So if a food had trans fat in it and you saw detrimental health outcomes, well, no shit, because we know that trans fats are very detrimental to a person's health. So, I mean, that's that's only one of the the numerous problems with those older studies. We we had um we had one on the carnivore episode. I think I did, I did like a segment during the carnivore episode where I basically rattled off about like three or four major analysis saying that saturated fats are good for you. And one of the ones we found, which which is another example, you have got to read the papers, was that it was a massive massive study that I think it was like over a hundred thousand subjects. But what we found was is that yes, it showed that lowering intakes of saturated fat. Um, no, sorry, increasing levels of saturated fat was okay. But what they didn't tell you was that the subjects they were doing it on were all already habitually lower uh, consuming saturated fats. So they were already below what was the recommended um, sort of intake. And when they increased it, they were still below because they were already low to begin with. So what they found was that there was no like severe risk. It was like, of course, there's going to be no risk because you're still below the recommended daily intake. But you've just decided to choose a massive subject yeah. pool of people who don't eat a lot anyway. So. Exactly. Or, or yeah. we have some studies where people in the fitness industry itself will cite that say like, you know, saturated fat's no big deal. And then when you look at the um, actual intake of, of the participants, they're consuming well below the recommended amount of saturated fat. So, of mm. course, when you consume the recommended amount or, or even lower of saturated fat, you're probably not going to see any health detriment. That's a given. Sure. So this is where understanding context and nuance within nutritional science, understanding that um, the difference between high versus low intake of a given uh, food substance or, or just ingredient or whatever you like to call it in general is pretty important. We have to compare high versus low appropriately. So, to summarize, guys, really, um, cooking oils, go nuts, swim in it, throw your food. No, no, don't go. Obviously, don't, don't, don't tell the vicar of it, but of course. I don't give them any context. Just Let's just give it a big solid bullet point here. Uh, just just overconsume it. Um, yeah, just, yeah. yeah. Swim in it. Yeah, guys, don't worry about it. I mean, I hope we've hit the head. We've literally bombarded you with science there, essentially. Uh, I'm if you've got any arguments, I'll leave Jay's Instagram down below. You can send a message. We'll leave it to Jay. You can uh, you can deal with the hate. You can do you can deal with the onslaught. I already, I already deal with it. I already deal with it. I'm not surprised, mate. <laughs> and you see these comments section? Oh, Jesus God, Christ, guys! You're not following Jay. Go follow him on Instagram. What is your What is your Instagram handle? Uh, at Science by Jay. You've had yeah, a change since we last spoke. Uh, it's at Science by Jay. So it's Science by and then J A E J. Yeah, um, yeah, nice, awesome. Yeah, guys, definitely go check it out. There's some uh, some good content gets dropped in there, uh, and it will help you stay up to date. And also, if you'd like entertainment, just read the comments, and you'll see people trying to uh, straw man Jay constantly, all the time, all <laughs> yeah. the time. But yeah. What, yeah, but what about this study? What about this one? Yeah, that was done on uh, two rats in 1902. Yeah, but it's, it's uh, <laughs> every time, every time. <laughs> and they didn't even uh, consume saturated fat. They just. Uh, slept in a room with it <laughs> slept in a room next to a bottle of olive oil <laughs> oh god oh, oil yeah. they got to stare at it from a separate case <laughs> yeah god's sake nice uh, cheers, for, cheers for joining us again Jay it's been nice to have you back yeah. on again mate 
Jay, it's been awesome to have you back on. Uh, to celebrate, let's have some lights. Uh, th- there we go. I've actually got it intentionally working. That's college, uh, th- th- Let me get a quick video of this. I've, I've been intentionally trying to get this to work. Hang on. How do I slow him down? All right. Let's just... Get progressively uh, faster. <laughs> then I can just play Darude Sandstorm. <laughs> I remember that oh my gosh. <laughs> All right. My neighbours must be wondering what the fuck is going on because my pies. window is right here. You're probably thinking of quite yeah. pie every fucking every Thursday um, night. These are I, I have no control and the control doesn't work. Like I don't know how to Oh fuck, that's even worse. Oh my god. Yeah. But yeah, Jay, uh, really appreciate you coming on, mate. Thank you, yeah. sir. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be the last time, mate. I'm sure we'll have you on again. Oh, definitely want to be back on. Yeah, awesome, mate. Really appreciate you coming on. Um, and guys, it's been a pleasure as always, and we'll uh, we'll see you in the next one. And Tom will hopefully have his lights working by then. Yeah, cheers, guys. Thanks. As always, thanks for listening. If you are enjoying our content, we'd really appreciate some help in growing the podcast. So would you kindly please leave a rating and or review on your podcast app, as this does make a massive difference. And we'd also love to hear what you think of the podcast too. Uh, If that's not enough and you want to show even more support, then please share the podcast with as many people as possible. And hopefully even more will get to join us each week, chatting shit, and then maybe as a byproduct, getting fit as well. We will see you next week, same time, same place for a brand new episode. See you soon.